Life Audio. On this upcoming Encouragement for You podcast, certified financial planner Charlie Germany provides perspectives on finances, and Dr. Robert Crummy offers encouragement for those who've lost a job. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. While this segment of Encouragement for You was recorded a number of years ago, the perspective shared by certified financial planner Charlie Germany of Ronald Blue & Company provided insight into what's happening in our world today. Let's listen. Is this as bad as the Great Depression? Uh, Don, the, the numbers, if you look at percentages and, and if you uh, measure it by the stock market, it's not quite as bad as the Great Depression. I was reading something that says it's very comparable to where we were in the 70s uh, when, when, the, uh, when things kind of tanked in the mid-70s. So, uh, you know, there, there have been downturns like this, and... and uh, uh, the Bible teaches us, in fact, that, you know, we don't know what tomorrow holds, that there are cycles. Yeah. If you look at the market over a long period of time, there are cycles. It goes up, it goes down. And uh, we're, we're told not to, not to you know, uh, bank on anything because we don't know what tomorrow holds. So I think it's a matter of perspective. When we look at it from the point of view that we're managing what God's given us, and he can give it when he wants, he can take it what he wants, um, then you, you look at it a, bit, a little bit differently. And, you know, it's, it's whatever I've got, even in my retirement plan, it's not mine. Mm. Uh, it's his that he's entrusted to me. Yeah. Um, and if he decides to take it away at some point, then he's got a reason for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so is it as bad as, as people say it is? Uh, it is bad. It, it is a uh, huge downturn. But if you look at what's caused it, People and, and institutions violated principles that are in Scripture. And when you do that, 
things are not going to work. Was the big issue greed, would you say, or, or is that an overgeneralization? I don't think it's an overgeneralization. I think, uh, Don, it, if you boil it on down uh, down to everything, I think greed is, is what happened. Uh, you, you look at the, the credit structure in this country, there were, people began to believe that they had the right to, to have a house no matter what they made. Uh, they, they had the right to have certain things, and that, that's what greed is all about. Uh, you know, we, we are uh, people who are blessed, and, and each of us are blessed differently. Uh, there, there's not a right to do anything, uh, but, but there yeah. began to, to be a feeling that there was that. And, and, and on the other side of the fence, the institutions that were loaning money uh, saw real estate prices going up, values going up, and they thought, well, it can't fail. And therefore, we'll violate some principles and we'll lend money to people who we shouldn't lend to because the, the market will take care of it. Well, uh, that, that's greed. So, yeah, I think when you boil it on down, uh, all down, it, greed is, is the major factor. Charlie, you mentioned Scripture, and I think of a couple of passages that come to mind. One is Matthew 6, where Jesus says in verse 34, Stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil or the trouble thereof. Well, if ever a verse described our day, that one does. That one does. I mean, it, it really does, and uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. The other passage that comes to mind is in James, I believe it's chapter 4 or chapter 5, where he says, come on now, those of you who say a year from now we're going to go into this city and buy and sell and make a lot of money because that kind of planning is vain. Uh, that's sort of been the strategy in the watchword over these last decades. It, it really has. Those are two good scriptures, and one of my favorite uh, has always been, and it, it really hits now, is in Philippians uh, chapter 4, 11 to 13, mm, yeah. uh, where Paul says, uh, not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. Yeah. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yeah. So that, that speaks exactly uh, of where we're at. There, there are good times and there are tough times. And, and right now, we're going through a tough time. We are indeed, but the grace of God is still sufficient. Our God is still greater than the problems. Charlie, before we go to the phones, are there maybe two or three basic principles uh, that we need to be in, applying in terms of our investment strategies that sort of apply across the board in these uh, tough economic times? Yes, I think, you know, it, it, as far as financial planning, uh, but specifically investments, uh, again, one of my favorite verses is in Ecclesiastes where you know, we, we talk about and one of the most important things that you can do in the investment area is to stay diversified. Yes. You need to be diversified. And, you know, I'll tell people that and I'll say that's biblical and they'll look at me like, do what? Uh, but Ecclesiastes <laughs> says, divide your portion between seven or even eight for you know not what tomorrow holds. Uh, and that's diversification. Yeah. Uh, I would say that verse and the verse that talks about dishonest gain will dwindle away from Proverbs, yes. but the man that gathers little by little will surely succeed. Yeah, that's and, a great one, too. I love that. Yeah. Though there, that's probably another broad uh, principle. Don't expect to get rich quick. It, no, that's right. Uh, if, you, if you try to get rich quick, uh, most of the time it's not going to work. And, you know, you can take those two things, uh, that the diversification and don't get rich quick, 
and and you can build a great investment strategy on that. We've talked about uh, dollar cost averaging on this program before. Mm-hmm. Is is that a viable strategy for people to use in their investments? Yes, it is. Uh, do- what dollar cost averaging does is is just it it minimizes uh, the risk of timing. Uh, you know, one of the, the principles we also believe is that we do not believe that we can time the market. Uh, we don't know when it's going to go up, and we don't know when it's going to go down. And, and anybody that tells you they can know uh, is not they, – they just don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, they can't tell you that and be truthful. So, uh, you know, one of the ways to, to uh, help minimize risk is – if you've got money to invest, you don't invest it all at one time. Yeah. Uh, if you're not in the market but you decide to go into it, generally you, you do it over a period of time. And and that, as the market moves up and the market moves down over time, uh, you pick specific times that you're going to invest that money, and, and then it will help average out what your cost is. Let's go to the phones on Life Perspectives. John in Grenada, Mississippi. How y'all doing? We're fine. Thank you for calling us. My, my question is, uh, and, and I, I have I have my opinion on the answer, but uh, why? What's his opinion on why uh, the politicians, and I guess uh, Americans too, want to try to fix it on their own instead of let God sort it out? Have yeah. patience. I, I have a feeling that uh, the word bailout belongs somewhere in your question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It does. <laughs> well, let's say uh, yeah, I've been eager to ask that question of Charlie, but I, when I saw that you were going to ask it, I thought there's no point in me being redundant. Yes, sir. Charlie, go ahead. Well, John, I, I think that uh, it's a matter of perspective. Uh, the politicians uh, in general, uh, and there there are some some politicians who are godly people, and I would never discount that. But uh, in general, politicians are not driven by principles, especially biblical principles. They're driven by uh, a desire to look good, a desire to be reelected, and a desire to... It goes back to what Don and I were talking about a while ago. Some of it's greed. So they they are not driven by integrity of, of uh, principles, uh, and, and that's what we try to teach our clients. We try to teach them the biblical principles to, to live by, to invest by, and to, to plan by. Uh, and politicians are, are driven to make themselves or their party or, or, their, or somebody look good. So... Uh, they're they're trying to accomplish something without sitting back and and saying, okay, God, you're in control of this, and uh, you know uh, I'm going to let let you deal with it and and let you work it all out. They they do what so many of us, even Christians, tend to do from time to time. We want to take it back from God because we think we can fix it, uh, and we think you know we don't say, okay, God, I'm smarter than you are. Uh, but that's in, in effect what our actions say. Yeah. So we want to take it and we want to fix it, and, and that's what they're trying to do. Yes, sir. Okay, that's that's kind of what I figured. And, and you're right. Uh, I do it sometimes. You know, try to fix it sure. myself, and then in the end, resort to God after I fail. So maybe. <laughs> sort of human nature for us to yes, do that. Yes, and sir. Yes, sir. You've allowed us, John, to bring up a very important subject. Let us take a moment to pray for you. Okay. All right, thank you. Lord, we thank you for John, for his concern, Lord, and and the concern of all of us is that we be responsible people, that we be wise stewards. Lord, uh, Charlie's already pointed out the basic principle of Scripture, that you own it all. We acknowledge that tonight, Lord, and even in these days of shrinking economies and shrinking values and corporate losses and and, uh, shrinking uh, investment accounts and, and retirement accounts, 
Lord, help us to recognize that you are ultimately in charge and that uh, these things do run in cycles. Help us also to understand, Lord, that we're not to look to the government for a bailout. We're not to look to politicians for the ultimate answer. I do pray, Lord, for wisdom for those who are in office. I pray for our new president, that you would give him wisdom and strength and direction as he guides our country. Uh, For the leaders of Congress and for the Supreme Court justices and other leaders of government, uh, I think especially of our Treasury Secretary and others who have a direct hand in these things, the Federal Reserve Chairman. Lord, I pray that you would guide these individuals toward wise decisions. And may the decisions of Congress, both houses, uh, Lord, be wise decisions when it comes to uh, investing the monies that uh, either we or our descendants will have to repay. And so we commit these things to you, and we do pray for John as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. There's nothing in this world that He cannot do if we truly allow His love. We can do nothing without Him. Anything that we do apart from Him is not something that's permanent. We all need His grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen. The late Dr. Robert Crummy was known to be an encourager. And what he shares in this interview with host Don Hawkins about job loss will provide significant encouragement. You know, it's, it's so many affected by this economic downturn. You know, I, I've seen some people just just lose hope, and there's been a, a, a big need to encourage people and to give people hope. Companies are doing what they have to do in order to survive, particularly, you know, some industries like the real estate industry. I, I know some people who um, haven't um, made a sale of a house in almost a year. Yeah. And it's just very, very difficult for them. Um, but I think, you know, Don, I'm just reminded of just how, you know, the word encourages us. I think of Psalm 39.7, and now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. When our hope is in Christ, I think that um, we can weather these storms, Don, and I've encouraged people to do that. The most terrible thing that I've seen is just some of the families, even I think they reported a family in California who, when the husband and wife lost, their jobs. Um, he committed suicide after killing his yeah. wife and their five children. Yeah, what a tragedy that was. And again, um, in one sense, directly linked to job loss. And as I recall, he and his wife both had lost their jobs. That's correct. And, you know, it was just hopeless after that happened. And I just want to um, encourage people that, you know, hope in Christ will, will carry you through even the most difficult times, even the time of the loss of a job. Very important words of wisdom from Robert Crummy based on God's Word. And Robert, another thing that I think is important for us to remember is that ultimately the future is in the Lord's hands, that we have a future and a hope in Him. I think about Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. 
where Jesus talks about not being anxious. And three times there, he says, don't be anxious about uh, certain things. And the last thing he says is, don't be anxious about tomorrow, because tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the trouble or the evil thereof. And when you look at Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34, particularly those two verses, verse 33 telling us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, that is the the provisions of food and clothing and basic needs of life will be added to you. The Lord has promised to take care of all of our needs. He's promised to care for us. He understands what we're going through. Uh, he sees the, the sparrows that fall. He knows the numbers of the hairs of our head. And uh, the reality is he will take care of us. I think there's another principle, Robert, that's important for us to remember, and that is we are not defined by our job. And, and I would like for you to maybe talk about that a little bit because I think that's a very important perspective, uh, especially for us as men. If we're defined by our job, uh, then if we lose our job, we feel like we're just totally lost. And, and you might just talk with us about that. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of people who measure or base their sense of self-worth on what they do. And our culture promotes that and, and highly values, you know, measuring a person by um, what they do. And, and I think, you know, we're not defined by what we do. We're defined by who we are. Yeah. And, you know, when we're Christians, when we're people of faith, our, our joy and our peace yeah. and um, our perspective on life um, as this show is named Life Perspectives. Our perspective is is really not of this world. We're defined by being in Christ and not by what we do. Because what we do, it can change any moment. When we lodge our sense of self-worth in any set of circumstances, when they change, our sense of worth and value will change. But Christ will never change. So when our confidence and our worth is in Him, um, it can remain constant. Mark is in Mississippi. Thank you for the opportunity to join you on the program for a moment. Appreciate your call. Thank you. I was driving home and, and heard, I uh, tuned into the program. I caught it in the middle. If I mentioned something you've already covered, I apologize. But I'm, I'm extremely glad to hear the discussion about the tendency to define ourselves and our worth in our work. I, I grew up with a number of relatives, mostly male, of the previous generation, my father's generation and so forth, including my father that that was the way they saw themselves in the world. And, of course, the the really evil twin to that all too often is the measurement of your worth through your job is Mm -hmm. the money that you earn or the possession that you buy with it, and this is your definition of yourself. And so I wanted to uh, um, applaud the idea of getting people to understand that... And somewhere in my 20s and 30s, I began to to realize, as I was beating my head against the wall, and during that big downturn in 81, 82, I lost work and and went through a horrible time, personally. Not so much financially. It was bad enough that way, too. Sure. But it made a huge difference in my life when I finally realized that I had to, uh, as the old saying goes, let go and let God. Yeah. Not totally just, just not do anything. You certainly keep working and trying in your immediate physical world and life, but... To, to completely redirect the whole focus of what it is that really defines who I am as a person. Since that time, I've had difficulties from time to time, Yeah, mm-hmm. but I've never really done without. Now, sometimes I got a little anxious wondering, is that 
This mm. thing's going to be paid next week. And all. But yeah. something was always there as long as I tried my best to remain faithful, got my Bible yeah. out, read it. And I learned that you can't stand on your own two feet until you learn how to really pray on your own two knees. Yeah, very good points. In fact, Mark, as, as I think about what you've just shared, uh, it reminded me of the passage in John 11 where Lazarus had died and Jesus came. And you remember when Lazarus uh, was in the grave and Jesus was standing in front of the grave, uh, three things happened. Number one, the stone was rolled away. Number two, uh, Lazarus came out of the grave alive. And number three, he was unwrapped from the grave cloths. And interestingly enough, Jesus did not do all three of those things. He told the people standing by there to roll away the stone. Then that was something they were capable of doing. And then he told them after Lazarus had come out of the grave, you unwrap him and let him go. And they were capable of doing that. The one thing they could not do was the miracle of restoring Lazarus to life. And I believe the same thing happens today. And I want to get Robert Crummy's comment on this as well, Mark. Uh, that is, God expects us to get out there and beat the bushes and get out the applications. He doesn't expect us to sit at home and simply say, God, I'm praying, now send me a job, drop it out of heaven. Or, or okay. God, drop you know food on me. Uh, but by the same token, uh, we are incapable of, of doing that supernatural thing that sometimes is necessary. And uh, we pray as though it all depends on God and work as though we are responsible because God holds us responsible. Robert, your thoughts for Mark on that? Yeah, you know, I, I just um, agree with that, Don. I just think of um, a friend of mine who um, was in real estate making about $120,000 a year, um, doing very, very well here in Atlanta, which before the recession was a great market for real estate. Yeah. And, you know, when he um, lost the real estate opportunity, um, you know, he had a bachelor's degree, and, and he just got out there, beat the path, polished up his resume, and he ended up taking a job as a third-grade school teacher. Mm. Now, his kids were grown and already out and didn't really want to deal with kids again, but he took a job. It was $30,000 a year, teaching job, but it engaged him to still provide for his family, to still have some income coming in. It gave him an opportunity to reduce a lot of expenses and still have time, you know, after 3 o'clock to still work on trying to find some additional gainful employment. Hmm. I agree with you, Don. you, you got to get out there. you got to beat the path. And remember, at the end of the day, we're still in America. We're still in the greatest economy mm-hmm. probably in the world. And I just think that anybody who is before the Lord and knocking their doors and seeking opportunity, I believe God's going to open that door. Yeah, I, I think it's important. Again, Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Great promise from the Lord Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and while, while this discussion I think is great, and it deals with the acute, immediate situation, I'd like to offer one other quick observation, if I may. Sure, Mark. In many cases, and my own life is one of them, both spouses in, our, in my marriage were defined, uh, defined life according to our jobs, according to our earnings, according to what we did in this physical world. Hmm. And then, it, as I said earlier, at some point I began to change. That didn't happen so much with my spouse. And when the pressures of a situation like this begin to come up, if one spouse is not in tune with the idea of finding the true definition of your real worth, yeah. you have the real potential for a serious problem, and, is, and this is something that this current situation may very well be creating in certain couples, in certain situations. 
Oh, no and question, yeah. Tremendous need for prayer there. And if things do get better, and they will, and you haven't learned to redefine yourself properly, this can become an even more insidious problem that can yeah. separate you from your Christian walk and Christian growth. Mm. Because as you begin to prosper again, you begin to think, well, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same thing we see when people go to church more during hard times, and then mm. they fall away when things get better. I think this is largely part of the reason why that happens, is the tendency to define ourselves and our worth of what we do in our work world rather than in the true value through the the, uh, blood of Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Giebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to LifeAudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.